0: Happy Thursday, everybody! Welcome to Kayak Fishing Weekly, the show on the Serious Angler Network dedicated to all things kayak fishing. My name's Justin Largent, and I'm joined by the one and only Bailey Eidbritt. Bailey, uh, it's good to see you. I see you survived the snow,
1: <laughs> so far anyway. We uh, it's a little hectic up here in Buffalo. It's kind of a uh, an anomaly of a city, if you will, when it comes to snow. I think uh, nowadays our winners, or instead of drawing out all the snow in two, three months, it's just going to pound on a week for us. Cause we literally have uh, about six feet of snow. And I'm not even kidding when I say
0: that uh, it, it with more coming too. It takes some weather to postpone a football game, at least an NFL game, especially in Buffalo of all places. Yeah. It takes a lot. Yeah. I, I saw some of your social media posts. Look like you guys got what a foot and a half, two feet. And that was, that was, it, I don't know, was that Saturday? It was. You might have gotten more since I saw. Yeah, so what
1: happened was uh, Saturday, we it was when the storm started. Because I was actually on my way home from Houston. I had a trip uh, this past week in Houston. I don't know if anybody's seen the, the new Berkeley Bates, but I was down at the Houston NASA Space Center for that, for them launching those. And uh, essentially, uh, very wisely of one of my coworkers told me I should change my flight. Uh, for Saturday, because looking at it, we had 45 mile an hour sustained winds starting uh, Friday, going all the way through Sunday. And it was going to be like gusts of like 60 something miles an hour when I was supposed to be flying into Buffalo. And uh, there's no way in heck, even if they're going to go, that I'm going to be on that plane. Uh, <laughs> so it was uh, I changed my flight. And that was great was, thank uh, gosh, I did, because I flew in an hour east of Buffalo which in Rochester. Um, and my original flight that I was going to be on was canceled. Like, so they, so I would have actually been stranded in Houston until Sunday, but I was glad I was because I could get home to, you know, the wife and be able to like help with the house and everything with the snow coming in. Um, but I had to drive in and, but I got a rental car and drove home Saturday through the winds. Like it was, well, the first time I think since I took my road test when I was 16, that I actually ever had two hands on the wheel. The wind was that strong, dude. It was (laughs) It was pretty wild. Um but uh when it started snowing from there, man, and like overnight we had a good probably two, two and a half feet. And then since then we've gotten double that at least. And we got another two, three feet on the way starting tonight. Uh so it's been like constantly just uh we lost power at one point. Thankfully that didn't take long to come back on. Um lost internet for a decent amount of while, which honestly a total side tangent was was really nice because my wife and I just sat on the couch, talked, read books, and just like put the electronics away. It was super refreshing. But uh, it's been a lot of shoveling, dude. <laughs> it's been a lot of like making sure the vents aren't covered because it was. Sort of, um, I don't know if people remember last year Christmas, Buffalo in a day got seven feet of snow and a bunch of people died from it because of the pipes got clogged and everything like that and the carbon monoxide and all that jazz. It wasn't wasn't good. So uh, we've been actively keeping that free and the neighbors and all of them helping each other and things like that. So it's a, it's fun for a couple days when you have this much snow, but uh, after a while you're like, can this stuff just go away now? (laughs) I'm ready to go fishing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We, I, I, after hearing that, I shouldn't complain. We, we don't get nearly the weather down here in Virginia that you do. We got maybe two or three inches where I am and it's still enough to shut down school for two days, but you know, it's nothing like that. You know, the weather, I think we had temps drop down maybe into like double digits. Like we had, I think, teens for probably the first time this year. And, you know, so it's not pleasant, but I know it's nothing like what you guys are dealing with. So, yeah, it makes it's, me feel uh, a little better about our weather.
1: Yeah, man, I've had a few guys from uh, an Al- uh, from Alabama that I've been talking about because they're getting pretty cold temps down that way too. Uh, like Tennessee and stuff have been in the teens. Um, but I was sitting there I'm like, Hey, you guys, you guys want to trade? (laughs) I don't think anybody wants this, this amount of snow. And we're actually on a, um, from Saturday, Sunday, I think it was Monday too. We were on a travel ban. Like we weren't allowed to be on the roads. Like police officers were actually giving out tickets. If you were on the road, but we have a statewide travel ban now where highways and everything are closed off through Buffalo, uh, currently. So like if we literally can't leave the house and, So it's, it's pretty crazy stuff, man. But thankfully there's like a plow for every street here in Buffalo right now. Keeping some open.
0: Well, stay safe, dude. Yeah.
1: I'll try to anyway.
0: On to the fishing. Not, I mean, we're still kind of in that winter that, I mean, really it's the start of show season in a lot of places. So not a whole lot going on in the the fishing world. Um, But I, I did see a couple of news items. I saw that Bassmaster has their, their 2024 rules out. Uh, i'll be honest i have not gone through and read them all yet uh but i know that's that list is out and then if i'm not mistaken the the registration is open for that first event i believe it's in february on lake murray so a couple points there uh, but then we've got a little bit of news and i'll i'll kick it to you for uh for our, our news
1: yeah yeah it's uh it it was it's been a lot, like we started the show obviously in november uh, it's only been a couple months in, um, but essentially kind of just to be blunt with it is, uh, um, essentially I'm stepping away from kayak fishing weekly here. Um, the goal from the beginning was always to have this be Justin's show because, um, one on the network, we love having Justin on the team. And we, the one of the reasons why I asked you to be a part of this is because one, I think you do a great job of hosting you speak really well you have very well formulated opinions um, and look at things with the right perspective and I didn't anticipate it being only 10 episodes in stepping away a little bit and giving him the reins Um, but uh, as life happens you know it's like just being real about it I just it's come down to the point 2024 added on some things for this year that um, looking ahead trying to get ahead of it before it ends up bogging me down and um just dude just time like it was just one of those things like we didn't have a, a kayak fishing weekly episode last week and it was 100 percent my fault because i just have too much stuff going on and at the end of the day when you have so much commitments and one of the like when you're kind of overloading yourself something is going to take a hit from that and that is one thing i'm trying to get ahead of here is i don't want kayak fishing weekly to take that hit so i'm not going to become a stranger but I am stepping away. Justin's going to be taking the reins. He's going to be the host. He's going to keep this shindig going here. And I know everybody loves it. (laughs) Now you'll be be just fine. And and honestly, it's it's not like I'm going to be fully distant, whatever, you know, like completely gone type of thing. It's, you know, Justin and I are still going to work weekly with each other on this show, uh, talk over ideas. Justin and I talk as it is about fishing and, and stuff like that. Um, but we got the whole Sears Angler crew operations wise behind the scenes and making sure that Kayak Fishing Weekly is, is chugging along. And I know you have a great guest today uh, who I'm a big fan of because I feel like he fishes similar, similar to me. So uh, it's going to be fun to come back and, and listen. And I'll, I'll, I won't spoil that. I'll let you announce who, who the guest is going to be for today's show. But um, the news is that I am going to be uh, stepping away from Kayak Fishing Weekly for a little bit. Um, if I got three weeks, definitely gonna try to sneak my way onto some shows. If Justin will let me, he might fire me oh, sometimes yeah. and tell uh, me to screw off. But no, uh, Bailey
0: knows I'm gonna be calling him nonstop and texting him behind <laughs> the scenes. Hey, what do I do? I've got a technical issue. It uh, uh, that's the fun yeah, this, part about podcasting. Y- you're you're kind of an OG when it comes to this. I'm I'm still learning, so apologies in advance for all of the screw ups. <laughs>
1: Hey, that's the one thing about podcasting, man, is it's full of screw ups. It's just uh, how you can roll with them, I guess, and just make do. I mean, when uh, when I started Serious Angler, it was literally off of a piece of crap computer and a Zoom, uh, like a Zoom, what do you call it? Yeah, st- the, pro- the software, like I'd get people on a Zoom call and I literally would have to re-log in four different times because it would crash. And I like people, I think people just began to hate me for a little bit because I was like, Hey, do you mind hopping back on? And like, we didn't finish the show. And it was like, it was bad. So, this is like an honest, perfect upgrade. You're going to be doing just fine. And I'm excited to uh, see where, from your direction standpoint, where we take kayak fishing weekly. But uh, like I said, I'm not, I'm not like completely deserting it. I am just uh, not going to be on every show going forward. And uh, that's, pr- that's pretty much the, uh, the 101 on that. But I know you got quite the show coming up for today that uh, benefits everybody. I feel like is a is a learning lesson for everyone, but also might be a reminder for for some as well that have been in the sport for a while.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. We're we're going to talk some some fishing etiquette, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. It's I, I'm interested to hear other people's protect perspective too because I feel like it's one of those topics where you know I'll talk fishing like baits and. know what the fish are doing are they deep are they shallow like we'll get into the how to catch the fish but I don't really have that many conversations about hey what's the right way to like approach you know another fisherman that that you're fishing around maybe or or what do you do you know on the ramp just some some basic kind of do's and don'ts Um, I'm curious to see if uh, if our guest has kind of the same same opinion as me or or, or some of the same ideas Um, and then hopefully we can we can help out maybe some guys that are just started because uh, everybody's got blind spots. So I'm mean, shoot Casey might might oh said who Ooh, was. <laughs> he, out the might, he might uh, yeah yeah we're, <laughs> we're gonna have uh, buddy of mine fantastic fisherman uh, Casey Reed. So I guess without further ado we'll uh, we'll go ahead and bring him on. All, All right man will you, thank uh, you
1: take the show away folks appreciate everybody. And uh, you guys are in much better hands than me with with Justin here. But I'm excited to tune into the show later with Casey. Uh, Dude's a freaking hammer, but uh, you boys enjoy. I appreciate it.
0: We'll talk to you, Bailey. to bring on a buddy of mine and a fantastic angler that I think many of you, if not all of you, uh, will recognize. Uh, fellow Virginian, again, a fantastic kayak angler, a number of wins to his credit, Casey Reed. Casey, thank you for joining me. Hey man, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. No, my pleasure. It's uh, It's been some crazy weather. You, uh, you staying warm and safe where you are?
2: Yeah, it's not too bad here. I mean, it's it was really cold today. Um, you know, got a little bit of snow and ice still on the ground, but um, nothing quite compared to uh, what Bailey was talking about. Um, I, I wanted yeah. to ask him if all them smallmouth were worth uh, all that snow, but I, get, I guess it is because I, I couldn't deal with all that snow. I don't care how good the fishing is.
0: I, I'm the same way. I, I'd love to catch big smallmouth like that all the time, but i I the number of months that you can't even get on the water if you want to. I I yeah. just don't think I can do it. It's uh, I mean it's great fishing, you know when it's when there's no ice, but I don't I don't think I can do it. I, I am gonna make a trip up there and uh, I I want to get up there and fish the Great Lakes. I've I've done St Clair, but I've never done any of those those bigger ones. Have Have you been up on those before?
2: Yeah, I fished a little bit of Erie. Um, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't really get out on the main lake a ton, you know, I ended up fish- fishing, uh, Presque Isle Bay a lot, but, um, <clears throat> I did get on a few small mouth up shallow on, on Erie around Presque Isle. And man, I'll tell you that was a lot of fun.
0: Is it similar kind of, uh, a setup to, to St. Clair or? So I've never fish actually
2: right? fished St. Clair before, but, um, really, but yeah, I mean, Uh, -uh. but there, you know, it's just where I was, it was, there's big rock boulders and like, that's what I was catching fish on, you know, and like five, four or five foot of water. And unfortunately that was during the tournament and all of them fish just, I guess the sun came up and they moved out deep and, you know, I had about five bites pretty early on and then they just kind of disappeared on me. I lost three of them, um, but they disappeared and I, I couldn't get another bite the rest of the day. I guess I just didn't go out deep enough after that.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that's that is not my strong suit. That offshore fishing, you know, fishing, uh, looking at electronics and stuff. It's something I got to work on, but I can't really think of a better place to work on it than someplace where, you know, catching two and a half and three pound smallmouth, you know, those are considered small. <laughs> you know, you catch a three pounder down here, that's a big fish. Before, uh, before we go too far down the rabbit hole, um, what, what we wanted to talk about today was some, some kayak fishing etiquette. And and some of it I think applies outside of kayak fishing, but just some some basic uh, do's and don'ts, some of the the unwritten rules um, that that hopefully will help maybe some some guys who are just starting out, and maybe some some you know saltier veterans guys like us that have been doing it a while, but maybe maybe give us a little bit different perspective. Um, so yeah, some talking some unwritten rules, and and to me the the first one the, maybe maybe the easiest one is, is boat ramps. It's like, what do you do on the boat ramps, uh, as a kayak angler?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, for me, since I've gotten the trailer, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, but there's still a few things, even with the trailer that I try to be cautious of when, what I'm doing and, you know, try not to just take up any space of, any other boats that may be coming in or even kayak anglers or anything but like for me i always try to get prepared in in the parking lot um a lot of boat ramps will have a little area you know before you get to the ramp that you can pull into and kind of get ready to go but if it's a real busy ramp i'm not even pulling into that area because it's taking you know it's going to take me at least 10 15 sometimes 20 minutes to get everything rigged and ready how I like it. So I don't even like taking up that area um with you know with with, with me just sitting there kind of getting rigged. So like I said, <clears throat> I personally try to get get rigged in the parking lot somewhere pulling a spot you're out of the way of everybody and um you don't have to worry about any of that.
0: Yeah, I but that's uh, the big thing. You know, you got a lot of Sorry, sorry to me to cut you off. Go, no, you, Go you for first. It. All right. Well, I was, I was just going to say that I, I think that, that so I was- the, the basic rule is, is just kind of <laughs> we keep stepping on each other. But I think the basic rule is is kind of be courteous. And, you know, a lot of times I uh, say that if it's a busy weekend, you know, in the springtime, especially or if there's a tournament going on, there's a lot of people that need to get in the water. And you know even if you've got multiple lanes, you don't want to be taken up those lanes and slowing people down. And you know, with a kayak, it just, it takes us longer. Like even like you mentioned with a with a big, you know, with a trailer, it's still, you know, it's not like a bass boat where everything's contained. You unhook a few straps and you back down. You know, it takes a little bit of prep time. And, you know, my trailer's not even as as nice as yours. Mine's, you know, I can't actually put the trailer in the water. So I'm I'm very similar to what you're doing. I'm I'm going to pull it in my parking space. Um, I'm gonna do all the loading the the gear into the kayak. I'll I'll pull the kayak off the trailer and just have it kind of sitting to where I'm I don't want to block the parking spaces next to me. Um I want people you know, other people to be able to to maneuver around the parking lot. But I've I'll have my my kayak on the boondocks and then I'm I'm throwing everything in. And and once I've got everything in, I'm I'm fully prepped, then I'm walking it down to the water and I'm, I'm trying to make it as quick as possible, hit the water, basically have the, the wheels roll and hop onto the nose, walk back, and then you know, push off the ramp. I'm going to immediately pull my boondocks, uh, the the landing gear out, and set those in the front, and then get the kayak off to the side. And, and every ramp's a little different, but I'm, I'm typically going to try to stick it off to the side somewhere where I'm not going to be blocking anybody using that ramp. And then I'll you know, if I can find a place just to pull up on the bank, or, or whether it's, it's tying off on the end of a dock and then walk my, you know, I like to take my, my boondocks back to the car. But the big thing for me is just not being on that ramp any more than I have to. And I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've, and I'm, I'm sure you have, we, I feel like we've all seen the, the kayak guy, you know, back the truck down the ramp and then proceed to take every individual item and load all that stuff while they're, uh, while they're sitting there on the ramp and you know, when it's busy, it's it's not it's not making anybody happy. Those those boat anglers, you know, they, they're they not gonna have a very good impression of kayak fishermen in, in general, uh, due to that one bad experience. Yeah, I mean,
2: you're exactly right. And one thing that you kind of hit on a little bit, which kind of reminded me, is like also when you get your kayak into the water, um, I've seen happen many of times. I've been guilty of it before, but I, I like to just pull my kayak right next to the ramp and let it sit there well when the next person comes in say they're trying to walk their boat down to the to the dock well now they got your 16 rods they're trying to get their rope over to even get over down the dock you know so like you got to really be aware of that as well and if, and if there's people coming right behind you like try not to park your kayak right next to the ramp if it's if you're at a busy location try to move it either down on the other side of the boat dock or down on the end of the boat dock or somewhere where nobody has to try to get their you know their their ropes over top of your rods to try to get their kayak where it needs to be too
0: that's a good point and it's i mean I've i've even seen it you know where where other kayakers you know you'll just have kayaks kind of stacked along the ramp and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not really a problem if, if it's, a, you know, kind of an off time, like some of the fall tournaments where there's not that many guys out on the water, uh, you know, and we're launching, you know, before dark and it's five o'clock, uh, you know, it's fine to be there. But for me, if I'm if I'm doing that, as soon as the, you know I see that, you know, one of the boats pull up or, or somebody's potentially going to use it, I'm going to get out of there and back away from the ramp a little bit. And and for tournament fishing, anyway, all of our rules, they're set up to where it's you're not breaking a rule by being off the bank. Uh, you can, you know, you, what we don't want is to to be blocking the ramp. So you can push off. You know, we're not we're not allowed to start towards our spot and be half a mile away. But if you get 20, 30, 40 yards away from the ramp to where people can use it, um, you know, that that's perfectly within the rules. And I think that's the smart thing to do. It's avoid, avoid messing up anybody's day before we even get out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's right. You just got to, it's just be, be aware of your surroundings when you're at the ramp. Like if you're at a really busy ramp, try to, try to move as quickly as possible. Don't be in anybody's way. If you see and you're in somebody's way and you can't really help that, just like kind of give them the head nod or at least apologize or you know, let them know that you're gonna be out of there in a second and you're sorry. You know, the again, we kind of prepped a little bit on this, but I think the the big word of the day is gonna be communication today um with, with everything that we're gonna talk about. So like like I said, if you're if you are seeing you're blocking somebody's way, um just just communicate with them, let them know. Um, That way they're not sitting or they still may, but hopefully they're not sitting in their truck cussing you out Um, for, for taking two minutes too long or 10 minutes too long or whatever it is. But just a little bit of communication goes a long way in those situations.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there that the communication is key for for a lot of the other scenarios. Maybe we'll talk about, but I, I can think of a story not all that long ago. I think it was, was October, maybe. <laughs> I was fishing a a busy ramp there was a you know we had a kayak tournament launching out of there with i think there were only maybe 15 of us but then there was also uh uh it was at least one boat tournament launching out of it up on the chesapeake and i remember coming in at the end of the day there was a you know there's a line of boats you know guys that are that are getting ready and a lot of these guys you know they're they pull up the boat you know the buddy runs and goes and gets the trailer but there's there's some there's automatically a little bit of lag time um and I had the boondocks, so while you know I was kind of in line, and when I thought it was my turn, I, I go to pull up. And there's there was a guy, I didn't know who he was, but he was sort of directing traffic you know, from the shore. And he saw me pedaling up, and in, in my head, I'm thinking, all right, I'm gonna pop my boondocks on, and I'm literally gonna pop out, I'm gonna be in the water for two seconds, and then pulling my kayak up the ramp and walking it back to the vehicle. And he's looking at me thinking, You know, I'm just gonna. I assume anyway that he thought I was just gonna pull up and just start unloading all my stuff and you know take all day and clog up the ramp. So he's kind of you know motion, hey hey no no he's next and you know I you know part of me on the inside was was you know I'm a little irritated because I know what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna be quick and it's it's not gonna impact anything and you know I'm looking at like I have every right to to launch you know I've been waiting like everybody else but you know. I'm I'm happy that I bit my tongue. I didn't say anything smart. I just, you know, I, I I bit my tongue for a few seconds and and then thought of a way to kind of explain it like, "Hey, I've I've got the wheels. All I'm going to do is hop on and pull off and you know, once I explained it, he's, "Oh, okay. It's it's fine." But it it could have been an ugly situation if I'd have, you know, gotten upset and started yelling and it, you know, it would have messed up everybody's day for no reason. So I I think I think you're right. Communication uh, it's going to be key in in any of these these situations. Um, you know, key to to having a good day on the water is just just being decent uh, and communicating well with the people around you. Any anything else we've uh, we missed on on kind of the boat ramp etiquette?
2: Not that I can think of. Just make sure you're you're moving, and like I said, just keep keep an eye on what's happening around you. Um, I think I think that's kind of the biggest thing um, is be aware of your surroundings.
0: Right on. The next one I wanted to talk about was more how what you do when you you're actually encountering other fishermen. So I guess it's more the the fishing side of it. And there's a whole bunch of different scenarios that we could go over. But you know, I thought of a couple that that kind of I've run into where. You know, I've had questions at times, but situations where uh, you're 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 running into a bank fisherman or you're running into another boat in the water, um, you know, you guys are all out there fishing. But how do you how do you go around somebody? How do you kind of move past somebody without uh, you know kind of cutting them off or, or upsetting them and getting in front and fishing their water? Um, but I, I guess before before jumping into the boat one, uh, I wanted to talk bank fishermen. Because for me, it you know I started out as a bank fisherman. I remember what it was like to have a limited, tiny little stretch of water you could fish. So I'm always trying to give them you know a wide berth. Um, but I, I see other guys that that just kind of fish down the bank and and you know maybe aren't that considerate. But I, I wanted to see kind of your take on that. Do you you know do you stay you get, how how close is too close to that to that bank fisherman?
2: I mean, generally for especially for bank fishermen, what I try to do is, you know, as you're coming up on them, just see what they're doing. Um if they're just like bluegill fishing, you know, tossing it 10 feet off the bank, like, you know, all tend to ease a little bit closer. But yeah, I mean, if they're bass fishing, they're bombing cast out there, I just try to see where they're casting to and you know, try to make a try to make a wide bend kind of around that. Um, you know, you're not going to bother them if they can't cast that far. I don't feel like, um, so, so as long as you're not in the vicinity of where they're casting to or where they can cast to, then to me, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, the, the other thing is again, communication, um, just, you know, maybe speak to them. You know, some people don't care if you're talking to them, they'll just sit there and talk with you. They don't care if you come right through. Um, um. Some people may, but but you're never gonna know that without without communicating with them and just just trying to trying to get a feel for for what they're doing, you know. And and if they're gonna get upset with you getting too close, then you may just want to take an extra, you know, go go out quite a ways. Um, but like I said, most people aren't gonna mind too much, um, especially if you've interacted with them a little bit if, if you come within a little bit closer to them, um, you know, the kayaks don't, in my opinion, don't, don't muddy up the water too much, um, you know, where people are fishing. So, so as long as you're communicating with them, see, see kind of how they feel about that. And then that kind of, that will have an impact on my decision on how I, how I maneuver around them at that point.
0: I think that's good. The, I've, I've thought about this one and I don't know that there's a set number, but I've, I' and, and I'm, not, I'm not out there with a range finder or anything, but I, I try and stay like two casts. I don't know if that's a, if, if that's too close or, or maybe that's that's too extreme, but' I'm, I'm trying to get to where even if if I cast as far as I could cast and they could cast as far as you know as, whatever their yeah. max distance is that our baits aren't going to touch um yeah maybe that's overkill but
2: it that's a very good point i mean like i just i wasn't thinking of that necessarily but but yeah i mean give them give them that give them that space and uh i think everybody will kind of be happy in that in that scenario if if you give them two cash links you know
0: and i feel like the like most places that works, i've I've been in a few situations where it's like a long canal, and I've myself, I'm not one hundred percent sure what to do there, other than I know technically I'm allowed to navigate certain areas, um, you know even if somebody can can take a big catfish rig and and launch it across the whole you know the whole canal. Um, yeah, but I'll you know I, I think and that's the one kind of weird situation I've run into. But kind of like you were saying before, I think communication will help that because I've had situations where if somebody's got a bunch of line out, you know, you can come right up tight to the bank. And, and maybe they'd rather have you come right up against the bank and, and kind of go under versus, you know, going out. Maybe they're trying to fish that opposite side. But it, it you know, or, or and, and maybe that's not the best example, but I've had similar situations with boats where they would rather have you come inside and shallow, you know, on the shallow side of a point, if they're out on the point fishing, you know, casting towards the deeper water where you're, you're less in the way that way. And you won't really know unless you, you talk to them.
2: Yeah. And like, I had this one scenario, uh, where were we at? Um, Chickamauga and I was coming, I was coming around this, this point, and it, it was an island, but it was a long, drawn-out point, and there was a guy fishing quite a ways off of it, and like I said, I was, I was kind of watching what he was doing, and he's fishing. He's not, like, casting up shallow on the point, but um, I, I assume he was fishing, like, a brush pile or something out quite a bit deeper, but, like, I wanted to get around him, but to go around him, I would have had to You know, go a lot further unless I I could have just hugged the bank. So kind of what I did is I kind of I was watching what he was doing, but then I asked him. I said, "Hey man, do you mind if I cut right through here?" And he was like, "No, go for it." So I mean, that situation, that that communication really saved me some time. So because if else, I you know I was up next to the bank already, so I'd have had to go on all the way out around him, giving him the space out that way and then come back when really I just was able to make a quick shortcut right through um, the shallows kind of on the point he was fishing, but didn't disturb him at all. And, and, you know, we were all happy with the, with the scenario. Um, Whereas if like I could have, he could have been fishing up shallow. And if I would have just cut straight through, not said anything, you know, he'd have been pissed off yelling at me. I'd have got mad. Um, so, so again, the, the communication, I think just helps, helps everybody out and let's, 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 uh, me know what you're planning to do and let's, you know, what I'm planning to do. And, uh, hopefully y'all can make that, everybody can make that work together and not, not irritate the other person.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I've, I know you've got that old town that that nice motor in it, but man, when you, I've run into that scenario before where it's that long point, and you're looking at how far you'd have to pedal or paddle. You know, it feels like you're paddling halfway into the lake just to do a big loop and come around with the guy and come back yeah. to the other side. Man, talk about, you know, a bunch of wasted time for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, if like in your scenario where if the guy's not fishing up there, and and you communicate it, man, I I'd do that a hundred times out of a hundred. Versus do an extra yeah. half mile of, of exercise for no reason. The,
2: the thing is, like if you were just to look at that scenario without watching what the guy's doing, without communicating with him, you would think that wouldn't you? Nobody should do that. But again, he wasn't fishing anything up there, so having that communication really, really helped out and was able to save me time. It made me realize that that he he wasn't going to get upset. So, like, I've seen a lot of people that won't communicate and just go around them and then they end up wasting a bunch of time when they could have just done that and nobody would have been upset about it. Um, you know, so. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say that word communication a lot tonight, but um, but that's that's really key. And in, in every single scenario we're going to talk about, I'm pretty sure. So,
0: yeah, I, I completely agree with that last point. And, and communication's key. Uh, but I wanted to shift it in kind of a to a different scenario where you're you're encountering a boat. And I, I, I guess I've got two general examples, one where you're fishing down a bank and a boat or a kayak. Another angler is coming towards you and you're going to meet. And then the second one uh, would be, you know, you're overtaking another fisherman or, or you guys are both going in the same direction. But I want to start with at least what I think is the easier one where you guys are are going to meet, like for me, it, it's pretty similar to, I approach it real similar to how I I would approach the bank fishermen, uh, just kind of giving them a wide berth. But is there anything kind of extra that you would do in that situation where you, you're just passing somebody, essentially, you're going to fish the used water that they have, and they're going to fish, you know, where you've just been fishing, and you're just essentially just passing them.
2: Yeah, I mean, so so to be real, and that kind of scenario is what I'm gonna do depends on what's happening with me that day. Like, if I'm really catching fish and I'm really on them, I'm gonna try to ease up, get as close as we can to that person without without getting too close, and see or or communicate with them and see who's gonna give way to go around. Um, if I'm not on fish, if I feel like I'm not really on anything solid i'll just a lot of times i'll be that first one just to go ahead and dip around and and kind of get out of their way um but but yeah like if i feel like i said if i feel like i'm catching fish i'm going to kind of try to keep doing what i'm doing as long as possible um but because you know in that scenario somebody's got to give way at some point, you know, I mean, y'all can cross real close if you want, but that generally doesn't happen. Usually somebody's going to give way at least a little bit, you know, to get around and um, yeah. Communicating with that person and seeing, you know, tell them, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go around. You can have it, you know, or or I've had that scenario plenty of times where like, I'm basically done fishing, especially if I see them having just fish that. If I'm don't feel like I'm on anything, I'm probably just gonna head to a different spot to begin, anyways. After that, Um, you know, nobody's at fault there. Y'all just happen to be fishing the same bank and came came across each other. So, uh, yeah, I mean, really for that scenario, like I said, it's just gonna depend on how I'm feeling about the day, how I'm how I'm catching them, and and how solid I think the rest of that bank's gonna be. Um, But, but yeah, um, the communication. See, see, hey, you know, you want me to go around, you're going to go around, um just kind of kind of get a feel for for what's happening, what the scenario is and um and then you can make your decision based on that.
0: Yeah. And uh, you ever, do you ever do you ever slow down? Like that's one thing I I I'll, even if I'm moving down a bank, if if I really want to hit that stretch, maybe I feel like I'm doing something that's unique that you know, I don't where i don't mind fishing behind somebody else uh, there's situations where i'll i'll just slow down and stop and let them keep going and i i feel like in a lot of situations if i'm not moving then they're just, and they are they're just eventually going to catch up and i don't mind waiting for them to you know basically they're, they're not having to change their speed or do anything i mean I, I guess technically in my scenario they could stop too and then we just have have a standoff Play chicken until we have to communicate but but is that something that you've ever done is it's just kind of slow down and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna hold my spot here and then once they pass i'll almost like protect in an area or, or trying to, to guard it
2: yeah i mean it's it's really a big thing to to watch other people not to like get information from them or see how they're catching fish or anything but just to see what they're doing. And if they're moving through an area, if they're throwing a crankbait and you've been slamming them on a on a shaky head, like, yeah, I mean, let them let them go through there, you know, let them buzz through there. And then that way they're out of your way. You can come in behind them and hopefully catch all those fish that they missed, you know. Um, so so like paying attention to that sort of thing, I think, is a is a great tip. Not necessarily what this exact show's about, but um, but yeah, I mean being able to watch watch what what the other anglers around you are doing and and how they're moving through areas um definitely determines uh how I'm gonna fish an area or if I'm gonna fish an area.
0: Cool. So so now the the trickier one, at least to me, where you're you and another fisherman are are fishing down the bank and maybe you're you're just moving a little faster. Maybe they're they're fishing something finessey, fishing slow and you're you know even if it's a bass boat you're slowly overtaking them and you're gonna you're gonna pass them and eventually uh, have to make a decision on you know do i do i pass them and 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 kind of move in and, and fish that area ahead of them and, and i feel like it's a it can be a great area because on the one hand they're going slower you're going faster but on the other hand you know if you come cutting right in on somebody Um, You know, dip right in front of them, even if you're you're fishing faster, you know, it's a good way to upset some people. So I I guess maybe a shorter way to ask the question is, is what what constitutes cutting somebody off? What's how close is too close? Kind of how how would you approach uh, a scenario like that? I mean, so
2: if if I'm going to kind of overtake somebody and continue to work down the bank or whatever it is that that they're fishing, what I'm going to try to do is give them a really wide, you know, pass them at a really wide angle.
0: And then you got
2: to get, like, I don't know what the yardage is or, you know, the, how, how long, but like, you got to give them a lot of space or else you are going to make some people mad doing that. Um, So just, just try to try to give them plenty of room, get around them, make sure make sure they have plenty of what they were fishing left you know if if you see you're coming to the end of a little stretch like maybe maybe it's not even worth doing it at all if you're just gonna upset them um if if you if you just hop hop directly in front of them um communication (laughs) communicate (laughs) with them like
0: (laughs) yeah and i'll I guess this is as good a place as any. I had a, a situation that kind of made me stop and think because I, I feel like in that situation, it, it's a little bit situation dependent. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Um, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's one thing to me if I'm if I'm moving pretty quick and they're just fishing super slow. You know, a lot of kayakers that do really well like to finesse fish and really just beat a spot up. And if they're going really slow and I'm humming down the bank. You know, using the motor, you know, fishing fast, a spinnerbait or something. I'm, I might come in a little closer than I would if if we were both really similar, kind of fishing the same speed. Um, if we're fishing the same speed, I feel like I have to give them more space. But if I'm going pretty quick, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I get a, I get ahead of them or away from them quicker, and I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm messing with them. You know, if they're maybe fishing real slow and it's going to be 20 minutes before they even catch up to the area where I'm, I'm going to cut in and start. But I did something that I think was, you know, in hindsight was, was wrong uh, up on Cayuga earlier this year. And it, it was a similar situation to kind of the hypothetical there where, you know, another fisherman's going down the bank. And I had a couple of specific targets identified. I think it was post fish, and I'd seen him up shallow. Caught a few fish on a dock, and I, I first encountered the other angler. You know, I don't remember his name, but we, you know, we chatted a little bit about the day, and neither of us was, was having a really great day. Um, but, you know, I, I continued fishing a couple docks uh, where we initially talked, and then he moved on, and I didn't run into him until probably half a mile, uh, maybe even more than that. You know, down the bank uh, where I I finished the little stretch of docks, and I was like, all right, I'm going to make a run to that one specific overhanging tree. And I I think my mistake was I didn't communicate, so I, I I went directly from that stretch of docks to that tree. I didn't stop. I pedaled as hard as I could the whole way. You know, it's in a tournament, so I'm trying to save time. And I got you know, he by the time I I got to where he was, you know, he'd just been slowly fishing down that whole bank. But i came in and it was probably it was maybe 50 to 100 yards that i came in and just went straight for that tree and i thought i heard him mumble something there was brown i mean we were, were still fairly far away but when i thought about it afterwards I was like ah that all i had to do was say something well like like we've been you know you've been harping on that communication all i had to do was say hey man um you know i know you're fishing down this bank there's that one one thing I want to make one cast or two casts at this one specific target is that going to mess you up, and you know maybe he just said yes and I'm like all right just you know go on or maybe he just said no and I still got to fish my little spot, but I feel like not communicating that situation um, I was in the wrong. So, dude, if you're watching, my bad. That was that was a screw up. But does that? What do you think? Was was that? And I know you you know I'm I'm giving kind of. Vague, general. Um, I'm not giving you real specific information, but but is that does that sound right? Yeah. What do you think? Was I was I right? Was I wrong?
2: I mean, I don't I don't think necessarily in a lot of these scenarios that we're bringing up that there's well, uh, there probably is a wrong, but there's not necessarily, Like, if, as long as you're being a little bit mindful, I don't think it's necessarily wrong. Um, I mean, we're fishermen. We're competing for a lot of money sometimes, and we get we get upset at certain things. And and it may not have been absolutely blatant wrong or anything, but but like at the same time, could you have done better? Probably, you know. But um, but it's all it's all scenario dependent, and it just kind of it's going to depend on on how people react. Some people may not even care. But you may get somebody that's just gonna be mad at it, hate you forever um, because you did one little thing you you cut, you know you you gave them a hundred yards instead of 200 yards, you know like it's I, like I said, I don't know if there's always gonna be a right and wrong answer necessarily, but but again, it's just being mindful of of what's around you, who's around you, what they're doing you mentioned earlier like going down a bank if if you know you're fishing fast and somebody else is sitting there fishing real slow again that's watching what people are doing i don't think anybody's going to be mad if you blow down the bank um you know throwing a throwing a spinner bait and they're just sitting there fishing a brush pile that's 10 feet off the bank um with a worm you know they may be hitting all the brush piles there and you're just you, you know you're not really kind of you're you're not necessarily fishing for the same fish um so exactly. so you, you had mentioned like you may not give them quite as much room at that point and I think that's reasonable you know um the other person may not think so they may think so they may not care um but but it's so so I don't think there's always a right and wrong but but as long as people are being mindful of what's happening around them um what the other people are doing, what you think the other people are getting ready to do and what you're getting ready to do. Um I, I think that goes a long way um just to see stuff like that and maybe maybe you did notice it as you were going over there and you're like, ah maybe that's not too cool. So you
0: back off.
2: Um you know I I think that goes a long
0: way. I, I like that answer. Not necessarily wrong but could have been better. If- all I had to do was communicate and, and I'll say it I think I was wrong I I wish I could do that again because you know I I wasn't having a great day I mean we, we both caught fish but we weren't anywhere near the anywhere near the the lead or, or check range but but still you know I you know putting messing up somebody else's day putting them in a, a bad headspace just you know you know just by not communicating it, it was unnecessary. I could have done better in that situation, but I yeah. have, 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 sorry, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say like a whole nother wrench that gets thrown in things is, you know, it's, it's day two of a tournament or even the end of day one on a tournament. And you know, that person is leading the tournament. You don't always know that person. You may not know it was the person leading um, or you may. So like, so, so that definitely, Needs to have an effect on on people's decisions when they're doing certain things um, and making sure for sure you're communicating with them and and making sure you're giving them proper space. If they if you know they're leading, uh, they've led day one of the tournament, they're leading day two towards the end. Like you got to give them their space, um, especially if you're not you're not in contention at all. Um, So so there's all sorts of different scenarios that can play out. But um but yeah be try to be aware of of if if there is the person that's leading the tournament or in the top three or five or ten or whatever it is, um, you know, that that's gonna determine how much how much space you should give them um, you know, that day.
0: Yeah. And and I that that's an awesome point because, you know, I've I've been fortunate to be in a position like that a few times. Um, And I've, I've also been on the other side where, you know, I I happen to be fishing the same area as somebody who's doing really well and I'm not. And, you know, I think it comes back to kind of that, that golden rule, you know, sort of do to others as you'd have them do to you that I've had a few situations where I'm, I was happy with what, with how I handled it because I knew I had no chance, you know, maybe I could have had an awesome day and cast a check. But i'm fishing with somebody who's who's got a chance to win the thing or or you know they're they're in the top 10 or they're they're, they're they've are they got a really good chance to cut a check and it's a small area especially it's like i don't want to be in that person's way um i don't want to be the reason that that somebody doesn't do well um and in that situation and i've had a couple of times where i'll yield and hey man i'm, I'm not going to mess up your area um and and i don't think there's necessarily an obligation to do that uh but i think it's the right thing to do in, in some situations i mean technically it's it's public water we can all be out there but man it's i know that this, the times where i've i've felt like i was doing well if somebody else kind of came in and and encroached on sort of what i was doing i would not take that very well and i, I think that's true yeah. for for a lot of guys it's it's a You don't get that many chances to to win an event, and you know I just I don't want to be the reason somebody else doesn't. Especially maybe it's different if if you know if Casey, if you and I are sharing a spot or or sharing a general area, and we're both doing well. But if if you're doing well and I'm not, you know, there's no reason for me to be in there in your way. There's uh, you know pretty much every lake we fish is big, and there's there's plenty other places that you know, that I can go where I'm not gonna impact you or or vice versa. But I, I think that's an awesome point to just sort of you know not only communicate but also like treat other people the way you, you want to be treated. You know, if if that's the if that's your day and you're doing well, you wouldn't want somebody else coming in and fishing on that spot that wasn't there the day before. Yeah, so don't do it to somebody else.
2: Yeah. So and and you gotta think too, like kind of coming from the opposite view of that like not everybody knows everybody else and like you may not know the guy leading the tournament but he may be fishing out of the same ramp as you you just never met him never talked to him so you may not know that's him um but but again hopefully there's some communication going on if if you if he feels you're getting too close you know he says something and and if if you want to make a move that's anywhere near him, have that communication. And he may be like, man, I'm leading the tournament. Could you please just, like, give me a little bit more space, you know, and, and the, the communication just pretty much solves everything. And And, and yeah. you know, everybody may not be happy with it, but at least you know where everybody stands at that point, and you can make your decision based on that. Because, like you said, it is public water. You can fish wherever you want, but also these are, for the most part, they're they're unwritten rules that that most everybody abides ad- by. So, so getting to know those and trying to be be familiar with what's going to make people upset and what's not um, is is definitely good. So,
0: yeah, there's it's definitely a code, and yeah. I think you said it pretty well, and I thought of an example. Uh, that same Chesapeake tournament, where I almost got into it with the the random guy telling me I couldn't use the ramp. Um, I was I was leading the tournament on the second day, and I'd been going up and down this one little stretch. It was a tidal fishery, and for anybody that's fished you know tidal areas before, it they can change quick. The fish move around a lot or sometimes they'll be in an area but they won't bite until the tide is is just right. Well, I made a couple passes down this bank and another angler kind of came around a corner and you know we chatted for a minute. And in my head I'm I'm thinking please don't come in here, please don't come in here and, and fish this stretch. Um, but just in the course of us, you know, communicating, um, I was I was like, "Hey man, you know, I'm I'm doing well. I've, I've got a you know, I've caught a few. I've I've got a, a chance to win this thing." And and he just sort of volunteered on his own. I was like, yeah, man, I'm I'm going to make another stretch down that that path, that bank. If 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 you don't mind, he's like, oh, yeah, man, I'll I'll stay out of your area. And he just kind of yielded and, and fished another area. Well, you know, me, I went my literally my very next turn and passed down that bank. I caught three fish and filled out my limit uh, or maybe it was two. I, I don't. But I filled out my limit, like literally making the exact same pass that I've been making for two hours. And, uh, you know, I didn't forget that. I, I went out and thanked that dude at the at the award ceremony, because, you know, if he comes down that bank and, and he, you know, happens to put his bait in front of that fish at the right time and catch those fish, um, you know, maybe I don't end up doing well. So it, it's kind of it's kind of a two sided coin. But that, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful for that that dude for yielding to me and and I can. You know, when other people are in a situation, you know, I want to be able to do the same thing that that he did for me. But let's let's shift. I've got another another scenario that um, that I think could be interesting. I've I fished the Potomac a lot. Uh, you know, I lived up that way for many years, and it's known as a community hole type type fishery. There's there's certain places where grass comes in every year and all the locals everybody knows there's there's just certain places that they tend to get crowded everybody knows about them and it's just you see a lot of boats real close together fishing those those key areas but what what are your thoughts on those community holes is it is it different rules to the same rules kind of that we've been talking about applying those what what do you think
2: i mean to me It's definitely a little bit different rules when it, when it applies to community holes. Um, It kind of depends. Like there's some community holes that not necessarily everybody knows about, but locally, you know, it's a community hole. Um, There's some community holes that just kind of pop up during a tournament. Like I I had a, I had a scenario that kind of played out at uh, on the Mississippi river and there was a little bridge and you know i saw people catching fish there during practice you know i saw like five people sitting there during practice catching fish um during the tournament i had went by it the first time there was like three people sitting there um it was a it was a place where you could there was some big fish that rolled through there but you could for the most part go there and fill out a limit pretty quickly um so I had started at another spot and unfortunately it wasn't hitting like it had been during practice. So I decided to go to the railroad bridge to try to catch a couple fish. Um you know, I show up there's like five or six people out there, you know, they're fishing fishing the rock on the bank. They're fishing the 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 pylons there. Um you know, it's just it's a clear community hole in in my opinion um and i don't know i I guess i could have been a little bit in the wrong in this but so i i pulled up and just you know there was nobody fishing the that one pylon so i kind of pulled up to it and started fishing it well i didn't really know there was any kind of issue until a few days later where a picture popped up of me and well they they did they didn't leave my face in the kayak in the kayak but they took a picture of my boat and the what what they in my opinion what had happened was they were fishing like facing this way and i come up over here kind of fishing they were like fishing more of the bank um right around the the rocks around the bridge and i come up over here fishing the pylons well while i was over there fishing They turned their kayak around and then snapped a picture of me. So it looked like I was directly in front of them. And they go on and say that, that, oh, you know, they, this, this person cut me off. And I don't think that's necessarily how it played out. I may not have been a hundred percent in the right in that scenario, but, um, again, some communication be like, Hey man, I'm going to jump through fish this real quick he would have been, he could have been like, no, I'm getting ready to fish that, you know, he was pretty close to it, um, but again, there was also four or five other people sitting right there in that same general area, all fishing kind of the same thing, um, but but yeah, I mean, as far as like the community holes, I, I think it, it is what it is, it's a community hole, People people are going to show up and fish it, you know, even people that aren't in the tournament, you're going to have people there showing up throughout the day fishing it. Um so I do think the rules do apply a little bit different um when that and just as long as everybody's kind of on the same page that it is a community hole because I've also had scenarios that that pop up where I thought I found some juice and it's it's a community hole that I just didn't know about that 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 it was actually a community hole. So um yeah,
0: that's so, a good point because if you're out of town traveling you know you don't know it's if it's if it's not a place you've been before or you know how would you know i mean if and if if you're not you know you know maybe you run into to to stuff on some of these lakes maybe you've you know some of these places where the bass masters band you've seen some tv footage you know everybody knows about banana cove on the harris chain like there's some stuff that's publicized but not everything's like that it's uh but yeah, just, just kind of, I think being mindful. Cause I I think I remember you telling me that story before and it's, you know, if it it could be really easy, you know, if if you think you found something special and then all of a sudden there's other people on there that, you know, you start thinking they, they, they're, you know, jumping in on your hole or, or they saw you there. And that's why they came over there. And it's, it's uh, you know, and and then you start feeling like they're in the wrong and that, that, that lack of communication could be a problem in situations like that. Yeah. Yeah. Communicating
2: can just solve a lot of things. And it it just, like I said before, it lets you know what the other person's thought process is. It lets them know what your thought process is and y'all may not agree. And, and then, you know, it may become an issue after that. If, if they intend to do something that you're not happy with, whether or not, you know, you may know about it, they may have told you about it, but you may not be happy with it still. But I just feel like the communication will solve 95 to 99% of those issues. You know, most of the time having somebody tell you is a lot better than just having them do it. If they just did it on their own, you may get mad at it, but if they just asked, then, then it's, it is what it is. Like, for example, here, you know, I have a lake I fish a lot back home and catch a lot of big fish on it. And I was, you know, it's a 700 acre lake. And there was only probably five trailers in the parking lot that day. So it's not a huge lake, but also only five boats on that lake that day. And I'm, I just caught like a 22 incher, I think. And the wind had kind of blown me off the spot a little bit. And while I'm measuring the fish, trying to get a picture of it and all that, and this boat kind of comes around the bend and idles right up to where I was fishing. And I, granted, now I'm probably 40, you know, 30, 40 yards off of the spot. But he comes up right up and and I know he saw me with the fish holding it. And he, I assumed and that I'm pretty sure he saw exactly where I was. So, and then he comes up right there and literally cast to right where I was catching that fish. And he might not have known that's exactly where I was casting, but, you know, that same area. And like that to me, I don't mind. That lake is is small enough where I don't mind if people were fishing around me. It's, it's the fact that he just came up and didn't say a word you Know, didn't say anything, it just came right in to exactly where I was fishing. Um, that's and then I got triggered at that point, and then we had a bunch of words like I got really mad, he got really mad, and um, you know, it, it, in that scenario, I think I probably could have handled it better, but I think he could have handled it better by just saying, Hey, you know, this is a awesome spot, like I, I caught a fish here this morning or something. You mind if I make a cast here. And, you know, I'd have been more than happy with that, but because he didn't say that I now looked at that spot as mine and he was intruding on my spot. Um, You know, but, uh, but I think that, that just a few words would have changed that whole, how that whole situation played out. So I think the biggest takeaway from anybody listening to this is, is just try to try to be aware of your surroundings, what other people are doing and communicate with them as best as possible
0: that's well said. And I, I think me, if I was in that same situation, I, I think I'd have had a similar reaction. Um, you know, I'm not advocating, you know, getting to shout matches with people or anything like that. But at a certain point, like, especially if I'm holding a big fish, like I just caught a fish there and you know, it's, it's clear that the wind is pushing me away and, and then somebody else goes right to it. Don't, don't be that guy. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody likes that guy um yeah but you're 100 percent right i mean a little bit of communication and maybe you you know you you wouldn't have been happy but it would have um uh, it would have diffused the situation because man 22 inch fish i don't catch very many fish 22 inches but you know i, I catch a giant fish and it, especially you know i know you like you you're great at the offshore fishing and uh you know those types of places will hold multiples and you know to to have somebody else the only thing that would make it worse for me is if is if while i'm still measuring that fish you know I, I get my photos and i release it and then i turn and then he catches another giant off of it oh i'd have been even i don't know what how i would have handled it it would not have been pretty
2: yeah yeah but i so in that in in that scenario like it was funny because like we we were both heated there was a lot of words exchanged and the next day or it was like a couple days later, I see him pull up to the ramp as I'm getting ready to either load or unload. And I'm like, Oh Lord, we're on, we're on ground now. Like something's going to (laughs) happen. Like, and he, he pulled up, rolled down his window and apologized, you know, for, for the way he acted. And like, you know, it's sometimes you got to take a step back from these scenarios and See you know we're all just fishing, you know, it's yeah, we may be fishing for some money, but like at the at the same time, we're just fishing, so like don't get too heated in those scenarios, take a step back, you may see that you were in the wrong in that scenario, you know, but but in the heat of the moment, you know, you may not feel that way, um and 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 you may be right, but at the same time, just sometimes just stepping back from that is is the the way to to go i mean these lakes we're all fishing there's fish everywhere you know you can go you can find another spot um and it's it's not always worth uh throwing hands or or making somebody pissed off at you for for the rest of their life uh, over over a little over a tournament
0: yeah a fishing spot at the end of the day (laughs) yeah yeah no I, i agree completely that uh, communication, communication, communication. Well, I don't have uh, anything else. I think I've. I mean, I, I know there's plenty of scenarios that we can come up with, and I'm not going to say we've covered everything, but I feel like we've covered some some pretty common situations that we run into on the water. And uh, and hopefully we've we've helped some guys that that maybe you know don't know all these unwritten rules maybe you know maybe we've we've shared from inf- information that will will help keep other people from from having uh, unwanted altercations on the water uh, but yeah like like casey's been saying communication 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 anything i've missed casey
1: i i don't
2: think so man i mean i i took a few notes and i think we we had everything covered that i that i had written down um I I think that's good. like I said, the, any other scenario that somebody may find themselves in communication solves, it's going to solve, it's, it's most likely going to solve any issues that you come, come up with, with another person or, or any kind of, uh, any kind of scenario on the water with anybody.
0: Well, Casey, I have, I have kept you long enough. I feel like we could talk for, uh, for too long. So I, I do want to say uh, again, thank you for, for joining. Um, it's been fun. And I want to give you a minute to kind of take the floor and, you know, if you want to talk sponsors or, or thank anybody, you know, the, the floor is yours.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'll thank a few sponsors here. I mean, old town, first and foremost, they've been with me for years. The autopilot is the perfect kayak for me. I love it. It's got the Minkota motor built in. It's, it's, the best kayak out there in my opinion um hummingbird uh dakota lithium and fish usa um i got a a bunch of sponsors but but we'll just hit on those for right now those are those are w- what keep me going on the water what allow me to catch fish offshore and what you know Minkota keeps me spot locked out there um, in no matter the conditions um, but I appreciate you having me on and let me thank some sponsors and, uh, dude, it was, a it was an awesome show. And, uh, um, I think, uh, Bailey's left it in the right hands to, to kind of take it over and, and, and run it by yourself, man. I'm, I'm pr- pumped for you and excited to see where this thing goes.
0: I appreciate that, dude. We'll, we'll definitely have you back on. Sounds good.
2: All right, man. Take care.
0: That was Casey Reed. Um, talking fishing etiquette. So I always love uh, talking to Casey. He's, he's a guy that I looked up to since I started tournament fishing. Uh, when I, when I first started, he was one of the guys that was always standing there, you know, getting a, a check or a trophy. Um, so I've, uh, I, I've enjoyed, you know, getting to know him better and, uh, and getting to, to pick his brain a little bit. So I'm sure we'll, we'll be talking to him again before too long. But we have reached the part of the show, uh, which we do every week, an opportunity to highlight some anglers for their on the water exploits. And, uh, you know, it's still a it's still kind of a slow time of year. We not too many places where there's tournaments going on, but we do have a few. But it's time for the the kayak kings and queens of the week. So without further ado, first king of the week, Thomas Woodring. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, Thomas, uh, but Thomas won the Florida Bass Nation Central Region Tournament that was held on January 7th on Lake Parker. He put up a total of 88 inches, uh, it's respectable, respectable number everywhere, enough to take home the win. So congrats, Thomas, our first kayak king of the week. Second, also out of a, a, a Florida based tournament uh, this time. The Florida Bass Nation South region, they had a tournament January 6th and Mr. Chris Mitchell won that tournament with a total of 83 and a half inches. Again, taking home the win. I'm jealous of Chris and Thomas, the fact that they're in Florida right now. Uh, I cannot wait to get down there in a few weeks, Um, but I'm I'm very jealous. But congratulations to both of those gentlemen for winning those tournaments. early season tournaments down in Florida. And then I wanted to sneak in a third king of the week, a uh, another tournament angler that you might recognize. And he just posted something that I thought was really funny uh, on social media. So K- Garrett Morgan is my third king of the week. Um, I found this video on Garrett Morgan Outdoors, his his Instagram account, and it was just a video of him in his old town canoe uh looked like he had his kids his family and he's using that old town canoe as a sled uh taking advantage of of some snowy weather i thought that was funny and i wanted to give a shout out to uh, to garrett for finding another use for, uh, for his old town kayak so congratulations to our kayak kings of the week and if if you know somebody you want to nominate somebody please do uh, you know I, I try to scour social media and and look for things but I don't that I, I do not promise uh, or I cannot pretend to see everything so if if anybody out there knows of somebody who's done something cool in the kayak fishing world uh, whether it's tournament fishing or just they've they're they're putting out good social media content have a, a cool video anything that you like feel free to to drop us a line over at kayak fishing weekly you can hit up uh, me on on my socials or Bailey, uh, but let us know if you've got somebody that you want to nominate for a kayak king or queen of the week. And that I guess that'll that'll wrap it up. Um, big, big show for me. First time sort of having the reins myself. Um, I want to say thank you to Bailey for for giving me an opportunity to join the serious Angler team. Uh, we'll be working together. I promise you will see Bailey. Um, you know, not not just on his other shows, but he's he's going to be a, a frequent visitor on Kayak Fishing Weekly. Um, so I'm I'm very grateful to him for the the opportunity, and uh, hopefully we will uh, we'll keep things moving in a positive direction on into 24. I'm looking forward to the you know warm weather that I'll hopefully find in Florida in a few a few days. For everybody who is uh, is dealing with with crazy weather with cold temps, be safe stay warm, and uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Hey guys, appreciate you listening into that episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If your application that you're listening to this episode on uh, allows it, please give us a rating and review. It helps us out big time, get shown more on the platform that you're listening to, and it helps us grow the show. If you get some time, check out the other podcasts on the Serious Angler Network. And of course, have a great day.